Dennis Stewart, last week we talked about herbs and things for women's problems Mm. and we've been doing that for a couple of weeks. But today you want to even things up and give the men a go. So you can take a look at herbs for the men. We'll do that, Jane. We'll look at the prostate gland as a prime target for men's health problems and we'll look at the way in which some herbs can be useful in helping that gland function better. Jan has got on the line from East Maitland. And Jan, you have a question for Dennis about cholesterol, yes? I have do, darling. I know Dennis talks about cholesterol all the time, but I haven't had reason to listen to it. Oh, Jan, dear, dear, dear. Now you've seen the light. (laughs) I haven't got it, darling, but my daughter has. Okay, okay. And she's on Cresta, Mm. 20 mils, Mm. whatever it is. But she was wanting to know, is there anything that you could suggest Mm. in herbal that would help? Okay. Well, Cresta is one of a group of drugs that are colloquially known as statins. Yeah. And and, uh, statins certainly have their role and their part to play. In, in managing cholesterol she, levels. Excuse me, Dennis. Yes. Before she went on to question, yes. darling, she was on sim, is it simvastat. Yeah, simvastat. Yes. Yeah. Well, look, they all belong to to a same the same group, mm-hmm. but they're generally known as statins. And Crestor has a reputation of being one of that group. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I have a view on on um, cholesterol and a view on statins, and mm-hmm. I'll not elaborate on it, but I. I believe that before one goes down the pathway of using that medication, mm-hmm. one should seek to exhaust some of the options that I believe are out there, which can, uh, on their application, lead to some reduction in cholesterol levels. Now, let me be, say something here. Mm-hmm. What I'm talking about are the ways in which a few simple things that are inexpensive mm-hmm. can address what's called moderately elevated cholesterol levels Mm -hmm. where the GP uh, has decided that uh, he or she will cooperate with the patient Mm -hmm. and allow the patient to try a couple of the so-called alternative approaches before a statin is accessed. Mm -hmm. So I'm talking here about moderately elevated levels of cholesterol. I have a viewpoint, and I know this is fairly controversial, but I have a viewpoint that Statins, in my opinion, are prescribed too early, too quickly, and in my opinion, again, for cholesterol levels that may not uh, be uh, requiring that stronger medication. Now, that's a viewpoint. And yeah, many... She's not real happy about taking okay. the motor okay. dinner. Well, well what, she, what she should do before she does anything, mm-hmm. she should uh, dis- discuss the whole situation with a GP and express her concern mm-hmm. and put to the GP uh, or whoever's managing her a couple of options that uh, she might like to try with someone monitoring it. Let me just say to anyone who is out there, on any medical treatment, you do not cease taking medical prescriptions prescribed by your doctor without your doctor's approval. That's stupid. But what you can do is learn about things that can work, that have a good reputation for working, and intelligently discuss those options with your health manager and see if they can be given a, a trial. In, your, in, the day, in the case of your daughter, mm-hmm. what I would be suggesting is that uh, principle number one mm-hmm. is that she talk to her, uh, her doctor about using um, what's called beta-glucan, B-E-T-A-glucan, G-L-U-C-A-N, beta-glucan. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Now, that is a constituent that is uh, f- uh, found in, in what's called oat bran, and there are convenient packs in our pharmacies mm-hmm. of beta-glucan in satchels where the dose is related to the satchel, where generally speaking, a satchel of beta-glucan uh, is taken daily mm-hmm. and over a number of months can generally speaking lead to a significant reduction in cholesterol. I saw a a lady recently whose cholesterol level was close to seven and uh, she uh, was resisting going on to a statin and wanted Mm -hmm. to know what she could do. Uh, Her doctor was on side in allowing her to experiment, put it that way, Mm -hmm. with some of... I saw her persevere with using beta-glucan, product from the pharmacy, not expensive, based on a perfectly natural substance. What I, is it, Dennis, like okay. a powder? Or? Well, it, come, it comes in various forms. But yes, a little powdered form in a satchel, mm-hmm. easily mm-hmm. taken, a satchel one a day mm-hmm. uh, from a popular brand. I'm not talking about brands. I'm talking about the product. Mm-hmm. The pharmacy would know what I'm talking about, usually a satchel of it daily. And I saw a lady drop her cholesterol level over a number of months down from 7 to 5.5. And 5.5 is roughly the upper level of normal. So Mm. there's evidence, which I have seen frequently in my rooms, where I promote this approach. The other thing is that there are a group of substances that are also known um, within the pharmacy world and within the chemical world and also within, I suspect, the medical world. And these are things that are called phytosterols. I'll spell it for you. P-H-Y-T-O, phyto... Sterol, S-T-E-R-O-L-S, phytosterols. Now, what are these? Phytosterols are plant-based substances that inhibit, that inhibit the uptake of cholesterol from the large bowel. They, inhib- they inhibit, if you like, the circulation process of cholesterol. They interfere with its reabsorption. That's the terminology that's probably better. I'm using fairly lay terminology to make it easier. But by no, I need that, darling. That's no, okay. Oh, mate, you're probably not as old as me. We're both oh, getting don't there. Oh, well, we won't go there, will we? <laughs> but phytosterols are well known. They come in various brands. Mm-hmm. Um, again, dosage is fairly critical, and it is best, again, in a situation like this, to go to a pharmacy or a health food store where a health professional may well be working mm-hmm. and, and get a capsule of a phytosterol um, if, for instance, the use of beta-glucan doesn't give the desired effect or doesn't take it down low enough, augment, augment the oat brand approach by using a capsule of a phytosterol that should, again, give you a point or so to nudge it down. So there's two points. Now, I might surprise you when I say this, but of all the herbs, and there are many of them, and you've probably heard me talk about most of them, but of all the herbs that are called up in our literature that have a sound reputation for progressively lowering cholesterol, globe artichoke, the leaf of the globe artichoke. Now, you, if you're fluent with the uh, computer, uh, just, just have a look a globe artichoke tea or leaf, and you will see that it has a very high reputation. In one text that I have, uh, Mosby's text on complementary medicine, it is given a rating of plus four in a text where plus five is about the highest rating. Now, the downside to it is 
It's a bitter substance, and Australians, generally speaking, don't like bitter-tasting things, but it's the cheapest approach. It has a good reputation, and it could augment the first approach that I'm talking about, and that is the use of the oat bran, may be using globe artichoke tea or other preparations of globe artichoke before one moves to the phytosterols. Yes, there are other options that, in my opinion, should be tried. They should be known. They should be promoted. There'll come a day, I believe, I believe, there'll come a day when uh, there'll be much more, how can I call it, agreement that statins have been over-prescribed. And I have a text in my room, uh, a, a recent text written by a very, very intelligent a British medical practitioner, which has some very, very negative things to say about the whole cholesterol debate, believing that it's gone over the top, and he's labelled his book The Cholesterol Con. I talk about a medical practitioner, not someone who's left field of myself. So there's already a movement to question, I believe anyway, about the over-prescribing of uh, some drugs and indeed the over-interpretation of the cholesterol problem. I've, I've shot myself in the knee here probably, but I say it from, I say what I think. There you go, Jan. And Kerry has rung in from Port Stephens. Now, Kerry, you've got a question about a frozen shoulder. Yep. Yes, I have been diagnosed with a frozen shoulder mm-hmm. and I'm wondering, if, Dennis, if you have any suggestions okay. for supplements okay. or whatever. Of course. Kerry, how long have you been battling with this painful about, condition? About five months now. That's a long time, isn't it? That's a long yes, time. Have you, yes. your, your doctor has given you a cortisone injection? No, I've been putting that off. Okay, um, I've been okay. having physio, but yeah. I think I'm nearly up to the cortisone. Well, yeah. look, um, I think at times you, you have to be perhaps pragmatic. Cortisone injections are not always uh, effective, but uh, they can sometimes be very effective at least to give you a breathing space until something like uh, physical therapy, physiotherapy or other techniques might help. But having said that, you've lasted five months. I'll make a few suggestions which you may or may not have used. Uh, First of all, uh, have you accessed acupuncture therapy? Yes, I have. And it didn't do any good? Um, I'm still having that. Mm. It's it's not getting worse, but there's no improvement. Okay. Secondly... Have you had applications of, of heat put to it? Yes, I do. I put heat packs on it regularly. Okay, and that, that helps? Yes, it does. A okay. Bit, yeah. Thirdly, um, have you had, uh, as distinct from physiotherapy, have you had massage therapy? Yes. And has that helped? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you put it this way to use fairly vulgar language. You've been around the traps. So, I know. Okay. Yes, I'm trying okay. Well, look, what I would suggest uh, is, first of all, uh, you should seek through your pharmacy or your health food store a topical application based on arnica and the oleo resin of capsicum. Now, mm-hmm. I won't mention brand names, but there is a very well-known brand that incorporates those two active principles. Now, okay. those two herbs uh, can be looked at uh, incredible literature and they will be seen to have genuine anti-inflammatory and mildly analgesic characteristics. Um, preparations based on, on, on arnica uh, and the oleo resin of capsicum are used for sports injuries, uh, all sorts of conditions associated with the musculature the oleo resin of capsicum uh, 
um, is the principle found in Chile. But interestingly, okay. interestingly, that principle doesn't burn you to death when it's applied because the okay. principle, what the principle does is, is work on the transmission of pain, whereas Arnica uh, is much more subtle and its pathway activity is, is less well-travelled. But put the two together in a topical application, sprayed on or rubbed onto the area, in my opinion, you, you could be missing a genuine uh, benefit Keeping in mind, now this is important, any topical application, cream or lotion or spray that incorporates um, these remedies must be worked with for about four or five days, even before you're likely to see the starting of the commencement. And there's a rationale for that. But once the, they start to kick in, to use the terminology, you must maintain it because by maintaining it, you'll keep the momentum going and that generally leads to a progressive subduing of the inflammatory activity, a loosening up of the shoulder, which then could respond better to some of the physical therapy you're utilising. Now, yes, it's a lack of movement. That's correct. Now, the, 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 the other thing that I... And, and by the way, those preparations should reflect themselves in uh, improvement, in movement, which will allow then the massage therapy in particular. Let me emphasise massage therapy. Terribly overlooked these days. A great therapy. The oldest of all uh, physiotherapies was uh, was massage. Now, the other thing is get hold of a gentle but contributory uh, herbal anti-inflammatory. Now, there are many of them, and I might surprise you when I say that at this late stage of my career, the, uh, I have warmed to preparations of willow bark like, willow bark. Uh, like yes it's it's the oldest of the anti-inflammatory herbs uh it's the mother or father of, of all anti-inflammatory understanding and a willow bark tablet or capsule or even a willow bark tea taken regularly could contribute a genuine mild uh, anti-inflammatory benefit w which working with some of the other approaches could see this thing speed up I would be going for the topical application plus a preparation of willow bark, willow bark either on its own or augmented by, uh, by other preparations. Um, it, it might interest you to know this, and my, listeners would be interested to know this. In, in the Second World War, uh, in Germany in particular, when pharmaceutical drugs were very difficult to get hold of, a lot of medical practitioners and pharmacists and lay people or accessing willow bark, oh, and, and yeah. they, they blended it with another European herb called silver birch. Now, I happen to have a copy of a text written by a Dr. Whelan called Rebuilding Health, where he, gives, he testifies in the back of that text that the success of willow bark, admittedly with silver birch, in, in filling the gap, if you like, for many people who otherwise would not have been able to maintain their mobility during a war where pharmaceuticals were, were being lost left, right and centre, people mm. survived in Germany on willow bark, either on its own or with silver birch. Try that. It's not okay, expensive. It's yeah. not expensive, safe, and I would be surprised if you didn't get a benefit. Oh, that's good. Thank you, Dennis. I'll try those. Yeah, give it a go. Well, you've, yeah. got, you've got everything to gain and not much to lose. Uh, Debbie, what I was talking about uh, was... Um, uh, a preparation or a number of preparations, topical preparations that incorporate 
uh, the herb arnica, and also what's called the oleoresin of capsicum. Now, capsicum, or chili, um, contains a number of principles. One of those principles is an oleoresin, which is extracted from chili, and it becomes a very useful agent for subduing pain, and we know how it does it. So when you go to your pharmacy or your health food store, because many health food stores would stock the, the product that I'm referring to or the products I'm referring to, make sure that the label of the product emphasizes the oleoresin of, of uh, capsicum with a certain percentage beside it and also mentions the herb arnica. Um, you'll do well. And thank you for your call. Mm-hmm. Now, your topic, uh, which was herbs for the men, Fred has brought that up. And Fred's rung okay. in from Waratah. Now, Fred, okay. a question about prostate, yes? Yeah. What Hello, would Fred. You... Good day, sir. Mm-hmm. Hello, Fred. Hello, sir. Um, I've had prostate problems for quite some time. Yes. And I had a uh, operation done. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> what do they call it? I've got what they call it now. But that that, that proved no, uh, wasn't any support either. So I just wondering if there's anything you can suggest. Uh, Fred, I'm, I'm, I've had a little bit of difficulty um, understanding what you were saying there. Um, were you saying Were you saying that you had an enlarged prostate? I'm, I'm taking prostate complete now. Okay. But, okay. But okay. They're no good okay. Well, now, first of all, let me um, uh, talk to listeners about the prostate, and then I'll come back to you and give you a few bits of information that might help you. The prostate gland is part of the male. A reproductive system to put it loosely it sits at the bottom of the bladder and wraps it round what we call the urethra um, males if you're a male you've got a prostate gland or you're born with a prostate gland um, unfortunately unfortunately the majority of males will have some prostate gland problem during their life there are three conditions of the prostate gland which males are likely to experience. Um, The first one is called benign prostatic hypertrophy, which is commonly known as enlarged prostate gland. That is a a very, very common scenario. And one writer on it, Jeremy uh, Hammond, made the statement that all men, almost all men in their middle or old age will have benign prostatic hypertrophy. Uh, before I come back to that, which is probably what you have, um, Fred, there is also another condition called prostatitis. Now, that is a medical condition. Both of these conditions are medical, but prostatitis particularly uh, urgently requires the attention of your GP or a urologist because that essentially means the prostate gland is infected or inflamed and can create very serious, uncomfortable symptoms. That is a medical condition, and any um, any level of it should be managed medically. It's not an area uh, where complementary medicine has a lot to offer. The other condition of the prostate um, is what's called prostate cancer. Now, uh, a, a lot of people sort of falter at that and, and live in fear of it, and sure, it's a condition that uh, no male looks look forward to, but uh, most prostate cancers um, 
even if they're diagnosed late in life, tend to be contained within the gland itself. And very frequently the urologist uh, will counsel the patient on the fact that, look, um, at your stage in life, uh, particularly at elderly stage in life, you've got a prostate cancer. It's contained within the gland. It probably won't kill you. You'll probably die with it. Have it monitored by me or a GP, but particularly the urologist. Prostate cancer does not necessarily, or in most cases, is not associated with enlargement of the prostate gland. But having said that, any prostate condition, particularly as we get older, should be monitored, checked by your GP or, if necessary, a urologist. But getting back to what dear Fred was talking about, it sounds as though, Fred, you have the most common condition that most males can look forward to, ha, 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 and that is enlargement of the gland, which brings with it a number of unpleasant symptoms. And usually those symptoms are things like, for instance, urinary frequency, wanting to to do a pee very, very frequently, what's called nocturia, getting up a lot at night to have a pee. The stream becomes not as good as it was, Uh, a bit difficult in getting it started and a bit difficult stopping it. That might be referred to um, as, if you like, stage one of the condition, and even with those symptoms, they should be presented to your GP who will make a decision as to where that condition should be, uh, should be at. In the early stages, this is my opinion, in the early stages where those symptoms begin to assert themselves, call it, if you like, stage one, um, stage one of the, of the situation, I'm a very strong believer that at this point, very early in the management, in stage one of the condition where you have those symptoms starting to emerge, access to some of the natural remedies, in my opinion, can slow down the enlargement or indeed lead to a stabilisation of it. I'm not going to say it will get rid of the enlargement. I think that's a big call. But what I do know is, certainly in our profession, we have a right to say that the application of a bracket of herbs can slow down the condition lead to an improvement in symptoms, uh, sometimes a dramatic improvement in symptoms as measured by particularly urinary performance. And that is where I believe the herbs that I'm going to talk about now are important. But let me mention again, these herbs, if they are used, must be used regularly and must be used in the correct dosage. I'm going to be very provocative when I say this, that Herbs are not food supplements. In the United States, unfortunately, herbs are considered to be just another vitamin. And in my opinion, this has led to a lot of problems about preparations on our shelves, in our pharmacies, our health food stores perhaps, where the right herb is put forward, but the dosage doesn't correspond with what we know about the required dosage of that herb to have an effect. In Australia, we follow the European model and see herbs as being, if you like, alternative medicines and therefore having to be manufactured along standardised lines, claims that can be justified and with a dosage that is consistent with what we know about the need for the herb to work. So if you're going to use any of these herbs, you must talk to your pharmacist or your health food store to make sure that you get a high-quality product that has the right level of the active principle in it. Now, in herbal medicine, to this day, the herb saw palmito, 
or called Serenoa, S-E-R-E-N-O-A, that's its botanical name, Serenoa repens, saw palmito is still considered to be the, 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 the yardstick of assessing herbal benefit for benign prostatic hypertrophy. Now, I'm not letting any secrets out when I say that I take that herb regularly on a daily basis, and I have done for years. And I perform pretty well as far as urination is concerned. I won't elaborate. But I am so convinced of the benefit of saw palmito that I have used the herb for many, many, many years and will continue to use it because I believe, just what I've said, that it leads to stabilisation, may be a slowing down of the enlargement, which my reading suggests can happen in any case. So I take saw palmito as the best representative of a herb which, if persevered with and taken early in the commencement of symptoms, can give a good prognosis. It may not, at the end of the day, uh, completely uh, rid the need for medical intervention, but it may give time, it may slow down the progression, it may completely level out the symptomatology. So that is the first herb, Fred, that I'd suggest you talk to your pharmacy about, in the right dosage, they know what I'm talking about. The prostate, prostate the enlarged prostate Particularly in the enlarged prostate. And, and I think it's important here, Jane, to, to elaborate on what I was uh, perhaps wanting to touch on at the end of the program, but it's appropriate to mention it now, that any, the, a condition like this is a condition, it's a medical condition, and it should be treated, therefore, with respect. And if you do go into a centre to purchase a product relative to this condition, it is important that you talk uh, to the retailer or the the professional and let them know that you want a product uh, that's not just known as any one of these herbs, but uh, uh, that is dispensed or prescribed in the correct dosage. And you should only embark upon the use of a supplement like this if it has been declared that you have an emerging benign prostatic condition and uh, you're being monitored, let me emphasise, being monitored by a medical or healthcare professional. Okay, so mm. that's an important thing Very to so. remember. So Very don't just so. go and buy everything no, over no, the counter. No, not, not in this yeah. situation. Yes. Yeah. So what else would we like okay. to say about... Look, I think there are... I've mentioned saw palmito as being perhaps the yardstick. And the, the literature on that is very confirmatory. Now, I frequently get males coming in, well, they have to be males, coming in saying, look, I've tried saw palmito. Again, I come back to the point that you could be wasting your time and energy if you are not using a preparation that is standardised and is dose-related. A lot of failures occur uh, in getting some degree of benefit because of the preparation not being standardised and not in the correct dosage. But there are other herbs that are equally well defined. Uh, in, in, in Germany in particular, uh, so, so you keep mentioning Germany. Germany has led the world, even the modern world, in its utilisation and exploitation of natural drugs. There is no other country, no other country, certainly in the, in the Western world, that uses natural drugs and develops natural drugs, as do the Germans. And the literature that I mention on this program frequently is based on English translations of some of the best of that German literature. So outside of that, outside of the use of saw palmito, 
predominantly in Germany, but of course now in English-speaking countries. Um, in France, the major herb that is used uh, medically and pharmaceutically in France to address the enlarged prostate is called Pygeum africanum, P-Y-G-E-U-M, Pygeum africanum, sometimes known as African plum. Now, it has been made famous uh, by the French. Uh, it is not that easy to get, although it is available, but is nowhere near as easy to get hold of as is saw palmito. Uh, it has a reputation also that closely uh, matches that of saw palmito. In fact, in a book written by the uh, well-known American uh, naturopath and, and academic Michael Murray, in his book, The, the Healing Power of Herbs, Excellent work, by the way, for those practitioners out there who are looking for references of credibility. Michael Murray was a, was a great exponent of sensible, modern, naturopathic and herbal medicine, and that work, The Healing Power of Herbs, which he wrote, on him, which he wrote himself. He usually writes in, in conjunction with, with his colleague, uh, Pizzorno. But uh, Michael Murray's book has an excellent article or section on saw palmito where Pygeum africanum, is compared favourably with the action of saw palmito, two herbs being credibly used as natural drugs in European countries for what we've referred to today as stage one of prostate enlargement. Now, interestingly, and I'll be quick because time's nearly beaten me, the third herb that has emerged in recent times, and it is in fact part of the preparation that I take on a daily basis in the capsule that I use, is a preparation now based on nettle root, urtica, urtica diosa or urtica urens, stinging nettle. It has a root. The root of stinging nettle, as opposed to the leaf of stinging nettle, is, has now been shown, based on tradition more than anything, as having a useful role to play, particularly as an accompanying remedy to saw palmito or other herbs in addressing BPH. So there are the three herbs. Uh, most preparations that practitioners use generally are based on a couple of herbs combined together. Saw palmito and nettle is, is what I favour and what I take on a daily basis. And we do have one last question from Jennifer who's run, rung in from Georgetown. Now, Jennifer, your question quickly is about chilblains, is it? Yes, I have a 28-year-old daughter who has been diagnosed with a compromised immune system. Mm. So just this last winter, she got chillblains on her toes. Now, she's never had chillblains before. Mm. She's also had chillblains on her nose. Dear, 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 dear. So mm. if she comes out from a warm environment, to a colder environment, yes. her nose instantly goes blue and mm. purple. Oh dear! Now, obviously, in this case, um, Julie or Jennifer, anything I say is going to be very superficial because this is an immunological problem, and obviously, you're being helped by your GP and an immunologist. Correct. Okay. What are you using? A topical preparation, or are you using oral medication? Um, just when it happens, we're just putting some chillblain cream on it. Now, yesterday we had that sudden yes. drop in yes. temperature. Yes. So 
when she came out from work, by the time she walked over to the car, yes. her nose was quite blue, but we just put her jumper over her yes. nose yes. To, and it warmed it up okay. and then it kind of um, okay. became okay. Now, look, I'm going to say something very simplistic, maybe too simplistic, but I have a case on record that did well on this treatment. A gentleman from Tasmania rang me up one day when I was doing a program uh, in Sydney at one o'clock in the morning, very popular program it was, and he had this condition, and in Tasmania it was quite nasty. I just suggested something simple to him. I said, look, try taking regularly on a daily basis a couple of capsules of ginger. Ginger is what's known in our trade as a circulatory stimulant. It promotes normalisation of circulation to areas that are otherwise compromised. Ginger is safe, it's harmless, it's economical. It may do nothing, but it might do something. Okay, all right. I'll try anything for us. Good on you. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Thanks for your call, Jennifer. And we've oh, we've just got less than a minute to go, but it is really useful hearing about herbs that will help the men as well. And well, I'm, I'm sure I'm fair, the men I'm have... Fair. And you're definitely a balanced I'm personality, i very, aren't very you? balanced. I wanted everyone to know I'm as, I've got as much time for our own health problems as <laughs> for anyone else's. And it's quite nice to hear about all of all of the um, the stories that you've had in yeah. and, and how you've Jane, I think that's herbs. one of the, uh, the most pleasant and uh, satisfying things that uh, what I can say on radio... Um, is based frequently what I've observed yes. in my very long um, and coming to an end history of herbal medicine. So it's not just anecdotal. It's These are things definitely that I've happening. Mm. Well, that's Health Naturally for today. Thank you, Dennis Stewart. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.